Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Before we get started, a hearty thanks to Tim Hussey, our newest patron at Phantology. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Every dollar that we receive goes directly back into the podcast to make it the highest quality and fastest produced product that Phantology can put out. If you are listening and would like to support, you can do that at patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. All right, on to the episode. All right, Westview residents, welcome to another episode of Anthology. Special episode this time because we have a guest star. We have our resident Marvel expert, Doug, on hand to break down WandaVision. So thank you, Doug, so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Doug is one of my long, uh, longtime friends. I went and saw, I think, our, every Marvel movie while we lived next to each other, right? So yes. 2016, 2000, or 2015, 2017. Anyway, somewhere yeah. in there, we saw all the Marvel movies together. And so who better to call for our WandaVision episode? <laughs> and that's Josh. And then uh, Jake is also here. And I'm, I'm Steven, maybe I should say. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just here along for the ride. I really enjoyed WandaVision, but I'm not... I'm not like super knowledgeable about all the Marvel exploits. Yeah, I think I might be in the same camp a little bit. I, I am really interested to learn from Doug. So I'm excited to, uh, to hear what you have to say. Some pressure. Let's do it though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So WandaVision, it concluded last Friday. Uh, we're going to try to get this episode out as soon as possible. So Let's talk about what we were thinking about going into the show, because I think there were a lot of questions and unknowns, like the first Marvel TV show in some time, at least the first like modern show uh, that, that I've experienced. So what were you guys expecting going in? That is a great question. <laughs> I did not know what to expect. So I've been a moderate fan of like everything that Marvel has done on the small screen. And so I, like, I liked the Netflix stuff. I think Doug and I binge watched what, Iron Fist together. We watched it all like in one sitting or something. And Daredevil, and Daredevil. season two, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then I-, I You watched all, the whole season in one yeah, sitting? Yeah, my family was out of town. <laughs> was your family? I don't know. We had a night where- Yeah, no, my yeah. family was out of town too. We got yeah, I think both of our family- some pizzas. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. But- so, and then I, I'm not current on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I, I liked that okay. Like, it was definitely cheesier. So I've kind of enjoyed what Marvel has done on the small screen. But this seems like they're kind of rebooting that, you know, which we're going to, we can get into later on. But so I, so I had my hopes high, but I didn't quite know what to expect from it. Yeah, and thanks for the reminder, Josh, because it's there. there were some other small screen offerings that I just completely deleted from my memory uh the, the netflix ones especially were, were were really good but yeah Doug. that's that's uh that's how 
uh, Kevin Feige wants it. He wants them deleted from your memory. Uh, the the <laughs> Agents of Shield was confirmed to be in a different dimension or universe, and the Netflix things as well. Uh, if they bring in any characters from that, it'll be rebooted, maybe even with the same really? actors. So what, what about like Phil Coulson? Well, because I'm not exactly current on Agents of Shield. I know he. I don't. I don't know if I want to spoil that. Yes. So the idea is that the, the, there's a Phil Coulson that still existed and everything happened in the MCU the way it was because the original mm. plan was that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to be in the MCU. But then Feige's like, I don't like what direction you guys are going with this and I don't want to play well <laughs> with you. He didn't want to share because he was keeping Infinity War, Thanos, he was keeping all of that under under his hat. Right. So he sort of just let that be like, OK, well, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. existed in a universe where everything was exactly the same up until Coulson was brought back to life. So, And it's uh, it's really handy when you can just say, oh, no, that was a different dimension. We don't, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so yeah. is, he, is he dead in the prime Marvel continuity still? Yes, he would be. Yeah, unless, unless they do something that brings Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into this one and says, no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was prime the whole time. But as of right now, no, there's no evidence of Coulson being like, because there's no way Tony Stark wouldn't know mm-hmm. all that was going on. There's, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Especially when S.H.I.E.L.D. fell and all their secrets got released, right? And Captain America Winter Soldier, all their secrets got released to the internet. There's no way they would have kept Project Tahiti off the internet. But they were still like doing, like there was a tie-in to, what, what was the last movie that had a tie-in directly from S.H.I.E.L.D., from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? A movie? Yeah. So, it never went it never went tv show to movie right so the idea is that the movies were the same but then the tv show was kind of like a different part of the universe like like the movie stuff was going on it's right. really confusing because yeah. they, initially they wanted it to be but then feige was one like ah, i'm not gonna yeah. do this because i mean maybe i mean they were saying on Darkhold. like i don't know how long feige was playing that but they had uh, they had a storyline about that with Ghost Rider and Shield and Agent. Yeah, that was a so. that was a very watered down Darkhold, and that's actually right. one of the main points I'm going to be. The Darkhold yeah. is the, one of the only things that we're from WandaVision that I is shouldn't say one of the only things, but it's like the main thing that's going to be connective tissue. It's like the new Infinity Stone, right? So uh, there might be lots of other magical texts, but I think we're definitely going alternate dimension magical instead of like everyone thought we we're going to go galactic after Thanos. But it looks like they're going interdimensional, not necessarily Galactus. You're not going to get Galactus and all that stuff, maybe necessarily as the big thing. It sounds like they're going interdimensional. Uh, and that's where the Darkhold is a little mm. bit more involved. Man, all this is like way over my head. I watched yeah. the Netflix series, which were a mixed bag. I feel like Daredevil was really good. Some of Jessica Jones was good. I, season one of Luke Cage was good. But I never watched any Agents of Shield, so I have like no idea. <laughs> Punisher, the Punisher was good. Punisher, season one remember, was good. Season, I can't remember how many seasons. Yeah, season one was good. Season yeah. two, the Punisher was not good. Season two had its moments, but yeah, overall, yeah. I would probably give it a C. Yeah, yeah. Overall, or Josh knows this. I would give it a Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Josh knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the dark hold. I, I guess I don't even know what that is. Should we talk about that later on, or is that something we should get into now? Probably later on. Yeah. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. yeah. So, so so back to expectations. Me being someone who had only seen, like, when it came to Marvel TV, I'd only ever seen uh, like Daredevil and the Netflix stuff. I was like not really 
didn't have high expectations at all for WandaVision. I was like, so, so Jake, when, whenever there's like a TV show that's coming out, Jake, if he's not excited about it, he always says, this looks like some cheesy Marvel TV show. That's no, like his no, go-to no, no, no. criticism. I, spe- I specifically say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, like I okay. specifically compare it to that because like- That's I've fair. Seen, that's I've fair. seen like an episode or two and I was just like, I have no desire to watch this. And I, I don't know if I thought it was going to be like that. I just, I just wasn't, I didn't feel like it had a compelling storyline. Oh, like WandaVision, you mean? Yeah, I didn't think okay. WandaVision from the trailers didn't look like it, it would have a compelling storyline. That being said, once I saw it, I was like, I don't even care about the storyline. I just love these the sitcom recreations. And the <laughs> storyline was like a cherry on top of that. Yeah, so actually that, that goes into like, what I was going to say, my expectations are exactly the same as you guys. I'm a Marvelite. Like I've been in it since Iron Man, right? Like I, I'd seen other comic book stuff before. But when I saw Iron Man, I knew I was watching something special, something I should pay attention to, something that was going to connect and be worth my time. But even with all that, I saw WandaVision and I was like, I was the same as you guys. I'm like, ah, I'm excited. Marvel's back. Yay. You know, and, and uh, I even uh, posted on one other person's thing that I was like, the WandaVision trailer made me more excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. Because I was just really excited to get to the Marvel action comedy stuff. Mm. And uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I kind of, this isn't the first time Marvel's done this. Um, Marvel, if you remember, Guardians of the Galaxy had very similar reaction to trailers. It's like a talking tree, a raccoon. Who the frick are these guys? Like, I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> yeah. That but then when pe- yeah, when people saw it, it was like, dude, this is amazing. And I think honestly, and uh, this is a theory of mine, is that like, the low expectations actually made you look at it more honestly and like it better because when Guardians Galaxy Volume 2 came out, now we have expectations. We've seen Guardians Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2 disappointed a lot of people. And I think that disappointment yeah, comes yeah. from the expectation. But when nobody has expectations, like WandaVision, it's like, well, I guess we're doing this, then it, yeah. it has a better shot of succeeding. I, I wonder if uh, the next Thor, like Love and Thunder, might have a similar thing happen to it i think that they're doing it unique enough yeah i love uh taika Waititi's all like oh, all of his yeah. movies mm-hmm. so so i i hope it doesn't happen but like i could see something similar happen where because ragnarok yeah. was so yeah. like expectation you know the expectations are so high after that that i could see yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but you know to uh to uh jake's point though um I actually like in our produ- in the production notes, I was like, okay, so what did make WandaVision so appealing? And I was like, and, and Jake hit the nail on the head because I like I had to phone somebody because like I'm a Marvelite. So what made it so appealing to me was Marvel's back. <laughs> so I actually called my mom, which I don't do very often. <laughs> but I called my mom because she loves WandaVision, but she has not watched any other Marvel stuff. So I was like, why on earth did you watch this? Why did you talk to me about it? Like, why do you love this? And she said the same thing. She said it was self-contained enough that she felt she understood the characters and she loved sitcoms growing up. So she loved the sitcom gimmick. And I asked her, I was like, well, that gimmick ended after episode seven. So like episodes eight and nine didn't have sitcom gimmick at all. I was like, did you get bored with it? She's all, no, I was invested in the characters by that point. And that was the key. This this sitcom thing wasn't just a gimmick. It got us involved in the characters. It got us involved in their story, their relationship in a way that we didn't have before because we had Age of Ultron, we had Civil War, and then we had Infinity War. And there was this big missing gap of like, how on the earth did these two even 
get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's an Android and a woman. Like, (laughs) so this, this kind of helped us care about that relationship a lot. And I think it worked. I think that was the wide appeal that worked out. Hmm. So even though your mom hadn't seen any other Marvel, like she wasn't lost and, and like what the backstory was and she was able to just kind of like jump right in or it was enough where it didn't matter as much. Cause my parents also really liked WandaVision. They've seen the other Marvel stuff and, and they, I mean, they're like very casual fans, but uh, they were, they liked WandaVision probably more than the majority of the other Marvel things they've seen. She just said, she's like, it, in her words, she said, it appealed to boomers because of the gimmick. She's like, boomer. Okay. And, uh, and that was the thing. And, and as to the point about being self-contained enough, yeah, she knew that she knew that she didn't know something, but she didn't care. And I think that was the key. She, she didn't care. She texted me maybe once after like episode two and I gave her way more information than she wanted. Um, but <laughs> really, she really didn't, she really didn't care. Um, and I think the wide appeal, that was the wide appeal. Like, you were telling her about Mephisto? um no no i did not (laughs) that might be something for later we don't know yet that was a fan theory that was not yeah yeah we don't know yet we don't know yet so so i personally my my like working theory for this is that wandavision had something for everyone and that's like what got a lot of people hooked because like it was funny it had like a lot of easter eggs for like hardcore fans it like you said, you didn't need to know a whole lot about the MCU, and frankly, it's on Disney Plus, which now tens of millions of Ameri- or I don't what's the current subscription numbers like twenty million, thirty million, or something no for Disney Plus. Like it's probably whatever plus. you think it is, whatever you think it is plus ten million. So so, but but like, but that's that's like it's just on everybody's you know TV, and if you have kids, you open up, you open up to watch like I don't know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or whatever, and then you see oh that looks like a cool show. I'm already paying for it. Why don't I watch it? You know? And yeah. so I think that, that it just had those ingredients where everybody had free. Act- well, at that point, if you already have Disney plus, it's basically free. And then it's funny. And it, it's, uh, it has nostalgia, which is like a big part of what everybody looks for. And it doesn't just have like seventies or eighties nostalgia. It has like fifties and sixties nostalgia. You know what I mean? So it just has like yeah, a little yeah. bit for every, everyone. Brilliant play. Just everyone. <laughs> Those of us who stayed up watching Nick at night in the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, I, I do. I, I, I was hooked on Bewitched when I was like in high school because it was yeah. on Nick at night, like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, Bewitched, I Dream a Genie, I Love Lucy. Yes. I saw a ton growing up. I didn't really have cable growing up, so that was just the, the default <laughs> TV that I was playing most of the time. So you're one of the boomers, Jake. I'm a boomer, I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess... Our opinions on the decade by decade episode episodic structure were thumbs up and brilliant move from Disney. So going past that, uh, what moments from the show are you guys going to remember? I, I think there was some that were more, uh, not every moment was big, I guess is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. There are some that maybe were a little more forgettable, but, but there were others that are definitely going to stick with us. So what were those things? So I guess I'll start. If you, if you talk just individual moments, like anything that was, creepy they did well and and i want to point out just how well written this show was it was rated tvpg and yet it, it had creep factor and every episode was tvpg so that's just that to me that speaks to how well written it was but there was like the uh the episode one 
the dinner table where we know now the woman's like trying to scream out of the spell, but she's pounding the table saying, stop it. The mom from uh, that 70s show. I can't remember what her character name was on WandaVision right now, but she was just pounding the table saying, and the dude was choking and she was like, stop it, stop uh-huh. it. And, but it yeah, wasn't like a stop part, it. That, it was, that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. What made it creepy was uh, the char- the actress, Joe Rupp or something like that. I can't remember the actress's name, but she was like, she would say it with a smile and laughing. And that made it even creepier. It was like the acting of every single character in the show was so superb. And there was the uh, uh, end, episode two had two moments, I think, where it was like the for the children when they yeah. all said it. And then at the very end with the beekeeper and Wanda was just like, no. And it just rewound you like, and that was like the first one you're like, oh man, she is, she might be the bad guy here. Yeah. And then, and then was it episode three or four when you see it just like flashes back to vision and like within, with the mind stone, like pulled out of his head and looks like. Yeah, that was my yeah. set. That was my next oh. one on my list was the vision jump scare. That is going to stick with you forever. Yeah. That was, a, that was so well done. I think for me, it was the, the Quicksilver cameo. Oh. I mean, disappointed that I Ralph Boner yeah, that that technically it's not like I mean everyone about been, a, you go ahead sorry well no yeah I mean I feel like everyone's been suspecting that the X-Men are going to come into play and like oh here's our first real hint at this they're coming mm-hmm. back and then they kind of like you said I assume you're going to say a big misdirection by I was going to uh, say a multiple red herring yeah because not only was he a red herring for Quicksilver and everybody's fan theories, he was also a red herring for everyone's fan theories about Ralph. Yeah, because Ralph was supposed to be... Mo, Ralph is Mephisto. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so explain explain this yeah. to me because right, I'm, I'm now lost. <laughs> this so. is your time to shine, man. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I, know, I know who Quicksilver is, obviously, yeah. from the X-Men movies and... And Age of Ultron. Right, right. And so I know that they you switched up the actor... And I thought that what we decided there was that means X-Men are now in play, but it sounds like that is wrong and, and there's something else going on. No, it, he was a nobody. It, it was clearly, they made it, they, they cast Evan Peters as, uh, I call it a red herring, he, a misdirection. They, they wanted fans to think, and this was, okay, so one of the things WandaVision did masterfully that people probably don't like, but they still did it masterfully was they trolled the fans so hard all throughout this show all throughout the paul bettany trolled us everything trolled us the whole like with the rabbit and scratch calling the rabbit scratchy mr. and scratch is supposed to, yeah. yeah mr scratch and scratch is supposed to be an old gaelic name i can't remember old name for the devil yeah. so it's like oh that's mephisto the rabbit's mephisto and then it's like but who's this ralph she's talking about ralph must be mephisto or nightmare or somebody one of these other marvel and in- interdimensional characters and uh and then they're like oh here's quicksilver maybe she maybe we all know agnes brought him but maybe she brought him with a from a different from the x-men dimension dimension turns out ralph is literally just some stoner guy who lives in his parents attic and his name is ralph boner or at least that's what he wants us to think his name is because he thinks it's funny and that's the ralph she's talking about the bunny was just a bunny not a familiar like everyone was saying because witches have familiars um Hmm. But he was, but he was fast. He he had the powers, magic. I yeah. mean, he. It was just okay. Agatha Harkness' magic. Yeah, the, the necklace. Oh. Yeah, when she so. took that necklace off, it he lost his powers. Okay. 
He lost his powers. I he lost the missed that. I, I was not paying close enough attention. Okay. Yeah. So Monica. So Monica's. Uh, we're gonna get into a lot of stuff. We're going way like yeah. Jumping let's just, all over the let's just jump in right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So Monica's powers. When she went back and forth through the hex, she was able to recognize and counteract magic. So she can see it, and she can like kind of counter it. And that's why she was able to drop out of the sky when Wanda was w- lifting her up. And so basically she kind of started learning how to control that. And so when she had pinned Ralph Boner, who clearly was a nobody who had no abilities because she was even with his magical powers imbued to him, he was, she was still able to flip him over. Um, she saw hmm. that his necklace was the enchanted. It was an enchanted object. And so once um, she pulled that thing off, he was just Ralph. He, and he was like, please let me go or whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was a highlight for me, but also sad because I'm like, dang, I, I really want the X-Men thing to happen. Yeah. yeah I, I, know, I right? just I just cannot believe that like this seems like a this seems like a um X-Men guy, um, Deadpool. This seems like a Deadpool thing to do where like you just troll the fans so hard. You know what I mean? Like that because I, I cannot like that shocked me. Like with both the Mep- Mephisto thing and most of all the Paul Bettany thing and like you were saying Doug the the Evan Winters or Evan Winters the um Evan Peters Evan Peters sorry Evan Winters is an author that we like but Evan Peters he <laughs> um he the fact that like all of those things were troll trolling fans like I cannot believe that Disney was like gutsy enough to do that because I mean I'm not gonna lie I liked the season as a whole but I was like pretty kind of peeved after the final episode that like all of those things were such blatant <laughs> trolls okay so so we talked about the quicksilver thing tell me what the paul bettany thing was oh the paul bettany yeah. thing so paul bettany he gave an interview he, and he well, said he's the actor that plays vision for, for yeah. yeah 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 okay. oh for, yeah so paul bettany plays vision and he gave an interview saying that there was a cameo coming and it was it that was he stars alongside this cameo alongside somebody he quote has and paul bettany said this someone I've never worked with before. And I think our chemistry really sparks. And he was talking about working with himself. Yeah, he was talking about acting against himself. <laughs> the white vision. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. But he, he like specifically said it was like a Luke Skywalker level cameo for, well, dang. Um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil something. <laughs> you punk. <laughs> but it was, it, was a, it was a large, it was like a big cameo to like the, I think that's what he said mm. in the interview. I think that anyway. Well, if, if he said it, then we can say it, right? <laughs> yeah, he did say that. I don't know if it was him who said that or, or, uh, but, but, or uh, I almost said Scarlett Johansson because Scarlett Witch is actress. Yeah. I thought she said that about um, Evan Peters. I thought that's who she was referring to. Well, that's what, but, but that's what kind of people thought. But then it, the general consensus was that it wasn't. It was going to be like Benedict Cumberbatch because they had never, apparently people had gone through the archives. And although they'd been movies together, they had never been on set together and like all that kind of stuff. Well, they had been. And that, one of the things that was that like I recognized was that um, they actually have worked together, Benedict Cumberbatch and Paul Bettany on a play oh, right. in London. Oh, okay. Well, so. my internet, my sources are <laughs> wrong. That's a that's a star powered play. We should go see that one. <laughs> yeah, guys, guys like that do that all the time. Was that tweet slash interview from Paul Bettany? Was that like sanctioned by Marvel, or was that just him being funny? It was a publicity interview, so it's one of those things where they go around to promote. 
Uh-huh. And so it was another outlet. I can't remember what who the outlet was. I, I can't remember if it was like THR or something like that. But it was it was some other outlet, and it was a recorded interview. Yeah, but, but you, did, but you Disney, think it was Marvel? Marvel Disney like... didn't do. I don't know. I, they didn't do damage control. No, actually, the the showrunner for WandaVision came out with a statement in his own interview and said, "Yeah, Paul Bettany, you're on your own with that one, man. I'm not backing you up." Oh, okay, so it was just it was just <laughs> Paul Bettany being himself. Yeah. But but just as huh. a casual like you could I don't know it was Paul Bettany obviously like trolling fans but yeah. just like all these big trolls that added up to like being like really gutsy I think okay so uh, so tell me about Mephisto I've I've heard the name I've heard you guys talk about it I don't know what's going on there <laughs> so Mephisto is like he's not actually the devil but he's sort of like a he, he's, he's more than willing to take on the role. He is a, a demon character. He's more than willing to take on it. Kind of like Thor and Odin take on the role of gods to the Norse. Okay. It's the same thing. Like he rules over the Norse mythology realm of hell. And he's sort of just like Thor would be. He's an interdimensional being with great power. Um, he just comes from that dimension. Uh, and Mephisto was a big theory because in the comics, shards of his, he, he was kind of gone and shards of his soul were used to create uh, Billy and Tommy, the children, hmm. who would later become Wiccan and Speed of the Young Avengers. But um, they actually, and then there's a whole comics book storyline where Mephisto and his agents manipulate the situation ultimately and get like basically turn Wiccan and speed back into Mephisto. And he sort of has this kind of all powerful. He's also the guy that is responsible for like one of the most hated Spider-Man storylines in the comics of all time where the, where he pretty much saved, saved Aunt May, but traded Spider-Man's like relationship with Mary Jane. And so they never had a relationship. And so he's got all kinds Uh, of power like that. He, he, it's like you can make a deal with him like you would make a deal with the devil, so to say. Hmm. And so throughout the show, everyone was was looking for that big moment and it just never came. Well, every, yeah, and everyone thought Agatha Harkness was working for someone else. And like I'm not- Ralph, Ralph was supposed to be Mephisto before, mm-hmm. like, because he was, he was like mm-hmm. referred to so much, but never seen. And, and she obviously seemed off. And, and it was like there- their marriage was the same day like there's something about july 2nd right doug or something like that where yeah the date on the calendar was was connect was an easter egg for a mephisto appearance anyway there's like a whole bunch of stuff that they intentionally put in as like red herrings that they knew fans would pick up on and theorize Hmm. on unless they're planning on doing a double fake and and saying actually ralph here really was quicksilver and or whatever and like the the thing took away his power but it didn't take away the enchantment of him thinking he was ralph you know you never know they might try to do that but as it stands right now it appears that they trolled everyone like multiple times during this season which i'm happy like i'm both like upset about it because you know you get invested in these theories but i'm also happy that disney is becoming a little bit more willing to take these kind of risks and then maybe that stops other people from like just thinking that they know how everything's going to go in future marvel things I just want X-Men, man. <laughs> I just want X-Men back. <laughs> they're working on it. Currently, there is a leak that there is a movie that they're developing for right now 
storyboards and stuff and its code name is the mutants so oh, yeah, I like I it, the X-Men. yeah i heard yeah. that hmm. so i'm learning that i need to pay more attention to well, that's some the thing. of these these backstory comic or type not. things or not because yeah. they might just be trolling you like that's the yeah, i think yeah. that's the thing is that like <laughs> oh no there's going to be some real connection but but as someone who didn't know those things i was watching the show thinking agatha's obviously the bad person like I didn't know what it was leading to or who she was, but it was just so obvious to me throughout. I mean, from starting like, I don't know, episode three, four, I was like, okay, it's obviously her. Let's just get to the point where it was her. So I felt brilliant when it was like episode seven, here she is. It was her. I was like, yeah, of course it was her. But I apparently if I was, if I was a real fan <laughs> then I would have been more duped. <laughs> well, and in all honesty, you not knowing necessarily like even Agatha, like you don't like, Agatha Harkness was basically an other than the name and her being a witch, it was essentially a new character because the backstory of Agatha Harkness was that she was a nanny for the child of the Fantastic Four. She was really old, a survivor of the Salem witch trials. She looked old. Mm -hmm. And um, in this, she was a survivor of her own convent that was trying to like, or whatever you call the group of witches that was trying to coven. Yeah, yeah uh, that was yeah. that was trying to that was trying to kill her. So that's what she was a survivor of, and it was also in Salem. So like that was connected a little bit. But other than that, she was basically a new character. That was one thing for me. She she didn't have much of a like. I know there was a little backstory with what you just said, but other than that, she was a little confusing to me. Like, how did she get there, and what exactly was she trying to do? I mean, I guess we got some hints of it, but she was a villain who. I just had a lot of question marks around. Well, she wasn't like, she wasn't really the main villain, right? Kind of Scarlet Witch was the main villain. She's the one who created the town mm. on her own. Yeah. And, for interpretation, yeah. And yeah. then Agatha just sensed it and was like, I want this power. So she went there to get the power. But like, did she I, want the power or was she trying to get the Scarlet Witch to, uh, you know, take up her mantle? Oh, no, she wanted it. She wanted the power. She wanted it. She was trying to beat Scarlet Witch down. Uh, so Scarlet Witch, the, the villain of this is Scarlet Witch's grief. It's Wanda's grief. Yeah, yeah. That's the villain of this. That's what That was the mm. thing that had to be defeated. I like that. Agatha was just like a side, like, I don't know, like a consequence of that. Agatha was, uh, she was an opportunist. Yeah. A magical opportunist. And she recognized, uh, she saw something was going, she probably sensed something was going on in Westview, like the hex and everything. And she wanted that for herself, but she just wanted to identify first that Wanda was the Scarlet Witch, the one with the chaos magic. Mm. And um, she wanted that because that was her whole thing. That's why we got that one scene of her backstory. She felt, she's one of those characters that felt like uh, she's, okay, so I actually wrote this down. You guys being fantasy guys might appreciate this. So I, it's like a Dungeons, nice. and, Dragons. It's like a Dungeons and Dragons connection. Nice, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Scarlet, or not Scarlet, which Agatha is the chaotic evil to Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange's lawful evil. Right. So it's the, in the end, it's the same end goal. Mm. I, I can do this better. I'm more responsible. I'm going to take your power. Baron Mordo's doing it because he just he doesn't think anyone else can be trusted. He's strict to the laws. She's doing it just because she's an opportunist that wants that wants the chaos. She just wants it. So they're they're ba- like we were all expecting kind of a Baron Mordo. We in a way we got a Baron Mordo in Agatha. Mm. He was the Mads uh, Ma- Marcus whatever his name is that actor. Right? That character. No, 
No, he was the he was uh, I can never say this guy's name. Uh, he was the he looks like him, but Baron Mordo was the friend of Doctor Strange until the very end when he disapproved of both the oh. Ancient One and and um, and Doctor Strange's use of the Time Stone and of Dark Dimension energy. So he and then he was the one who like made Benjamin took Benjamin Bratt's legs away at the very end in the end credit scene. Yeah. So he like he said too much. There's too many sorcerers, and he took the magic from oh, okay. Benjamin Bratt's oh, character. Okay. I thought you were talking about the main antagonist from the Doctor Strange movie, not the purple eyes guy. Not no, not eyes. not the purple, not <laughs> not the purple eyes guy. Yeah, but no, the 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 guy who's a good guy all the way up until right. the end. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can tell how much of a casual Marvel fan I am. <laughs> the, the, the purple eyes guy. Purple eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of and and to your point, like I think Agatha, like everybody in this show did great. Like I said before, Catherine Hahn did an amazing job playing Agatha, but I think Episode Nine didn't do her character any favors at all. Like it really, I think Episode Nine is the reason why you guys are like kind of like she was kind of like a side villain. She didn't really matter because like all she was doing was flying around throwing purple bolts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. like I mean, and I I think in the arc, like you're saying the the arc i guess the antagonist of like wanda's story arc was her grief it wasn't agatha agatha was this opportunist who was just kind of a consequence of the hex happening and so it kind of felt like she was supposed to be built up to be the big bad but she really wasn't it was kind of this um i could understand it being confusing for um more casual watchers of oh she did all this when no wanda still did it and wanda had Mm -hmm. to resolve that on her own but yeah the big battle was with Agatha at the end. Yeah. And, and you saw the big battle did a couple good things in that it obviously it facilitated Wanda taking on her true form. This is my final form Dragon Ball Z style. Yeah. And um, <laughs> kind of a back to X-Men kind of a um, Phoenix force vibe from the. the okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is that how it was in the comics? I'm not literate in the comics at all. Um, Not not exactly, but yes, chaos magic is what Scarlet Witch goes. So she, Scarlet Witch was in, initially introduced as a child of Magneto. Um, right, yeah. And then her powers kind of like grew over time until they basically said that she had chaos magic. Um, but and, was, the, was the Scarlet Witch a persona like the Phoenix Force in the way they portrayed it in the show? Where it's like this persona that is kind of, it kind of felt like it was a, yes. a persona. Yes, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, one of the big clues of what they're going towards was one of the last, what I think was the last commercial that they showed you, the Nexus about the antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a call out to the fact that Scarlet Witch is a Nexus character, meaning that she is a character that remains the same throughout every single dimension. Okay. Chaos okay. magic is the source of all creation. And so there's always a scar. Someone she's like, you're the Scarlet Witch. She's like, you're the Scarlet Witch for this dimension. Like that character exists across every dimension because chaos magic is the magic of restoration and, and rebirth and of everything. So of creation, I shouldn't say restoration, creation. And that's kind of where the Darkhold comes in and some of the future Marvel properties that this is definitely like the Darkhold that can definitely see being and chaos magic being the thing that takes us through the phases kind of like the infinity stones took us through the phase the last set of phases okay, i want to hear about this dark cold thing but before we do that the whole the whole thing with wanda's grief i think we got to talk about that because that was my favorite part of the show i felt like as i was watching throughout all the episodes 
I knew that the end game of this was going to be something where Wanda basically had to give up vision and had to give up this ideal future, this life that she was crafting for herself. That was obviously not true. She's going to have to give that up uh, in order to save all these people, right? She was going to come to some kind of uh, breaking point. And that whole battle where she was like up in the air and the red mist and very uh, reminiscent of a Brandon Sanderson battle uh, if, if you've read those books anyway I thought that was just brilliantly done and then that last scene where she's sitting at the empty lot and like it's she's so just devastated and you can see what it took for her to do that and uh, I mean I'm not gonna lie I was I was somewhat emotional during this part and uh, you know I was I was trying to be honest on Phantology and let you guys know and I was emotional this was a time <laughs> this was this was some powerful like really good stuff and it was my favorite part of the show I, I agree with that. I just kind of feel like the end credit scene kind of cheapened that because she's in there in her like Doctor Strange meditation mode, like seemingly trying to figure out how to bring her kids back, right? No, I don't think she was trying to bring her kids back. I think she was studying to know more about herself. And then the kid, the kids called out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really liked, like you said, Stephen, I really liked her resolution with the grief and understanding she needs to let go in order to or in order to overcome this you need to let go of this and mm-hmm. like let See, I, I, let people pass on but then it kind of seemed to reverse that thought in the very last i, I had a different okay, interpretation yeah. I, I, josh, I, josh has something to say sorry are you done jake i, I don't want to cut you off yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm done I, I i did cut you off. okay sorry um so so my interpretation was that she had to accept her grief and like not allow to uh, ruin her life or the lives of others that right. doesn't mean that i think she has to completely like give up on her family or like accept that she can't get these people back especially when she just found out that she has like she might have the power to be able to bring them back but that kind of cheapens the whole arc that she has the power to bring them back she brought them back and she realized not only not only is she hurting people but she also like this isn't the way to go about it. You know, yeah, you got to gotta let it go. Exactly. And, it, and, and the end kind of made it feel like she's trying to have her cake and eat it too. No, I, I think, I think that you can deal with grief um, through like a, a myriad of different ways, but just like accepting something and then never trying to like work to change it is like a way of dealing with grief for sure. But that's not like the only way of dealing with grief. I think accepting grief and not letting it like, ruin your life and not allowing you to become like the quote unquote villain in this case, like an easy way to turn it down or like to apply it to Marvel is also like still important character growth, but that doesn't mean you just like uh, that not working to improve your life is not accepting that grief. I, th- I think we're working from a false premise here. The false premise I think we're working from is that she was studying the dark hole to bring back her children. That's not what she was doing. She was studying the dark hole because she was just told that by becoming the Scarlet Witch, she was going to bring the downfall of the whole world. And that this book said what that was going to be. I think she's studying the dark hole to learn more about herself so that she doesn't do that. But then, then what's, what's the children's voice calling out for her then? Like what- that's, that's, the big, that's the big thing that her kids might exist somewhere in some, div- some dimension somewhere and that they called out to her. I don't think she was seeking them out. I think that's the difference. She wasn't seeking okay. them out, but when they okay. called, she was like, okay, I'm going to go and take care of this. I would, I would be totally fine with that. And also, I mean, a vision exists out there. 
that seemingly has the memories of the vision we know and love. So yeah, maybe yeah, they but with, still get together. Without the Mind Stone, though, the memories are like memories in a computer. He, it's like he's, it's like if you were to, it's like if you were to view your life from from the outside and have no emotion attached to it. It's like, I know that that happened. And that's a very interesting thing. Something I should probably study more, but you have no, emo- without the Mind Stone, he doesn't have that, hmm. that thing that makes him human. You don't think he can be human at all? He can't like learn to be human again? I think we're going to get to a point where the part of the Mind Stone and Wanda that remembers him gonna- will fuse with the white. Yeah vision that is the body part i think that this goes to one of the other back all the way back to the discussion to the moments we'll always remember a strange moment i will always remember that stuck with me that i didn't think was going to stuck with me was that whole philosophical discussion about the ship of theseus yeah that was an amazing that's the way vision fights a villain is like he reasons with them and i think that you're going you're going to see the solution of that paradox be both ships joining together to recreate vision i just don't it's not gonna happen quick it's not gonna be like oh okay. dr strange too he's back but but i mean there's still that mm. hope out there that eventually she could resolve that and have a family with him i kind of i kind of viewed it as like when how gamora is back but it's a different gamora kind of the same where like okay. vision has the potential to be back but it's a different vision and I think that they could always run with that. They don't have to mind. I just think they left it open for him to be melted. Yeah. But right. As of right now, he, they are playing white vision, like the white vision, of the comics where he's straight up an Android with no emotion. Mm. So he has the memories, but no emotion attached to him. And I, that's how they're playing it right now. The, the lane is open to combine them, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not convinced they're going to do that. Mm. Okay. That was one of my future questions about the whole white vision thing. So Glad that glad uh, that's cleared up. Now we've got all those theories set. Okay, tell me about tell me about the dark old thing because this was not even a term that I had coming into recording this, and now I want to know. Okay, so the dark hold has a very interesting comics history that we could see this tie into. Obviously, we're going to tie into Doctor Strange too. Uh, that's already known. It's already announced. She's going to be in Doctor Strange too. Um, she's messing with a book that was, if you go back and watch Dr. Strange was missing from the library. So, uh, mm. it was clearly taken by some, by Agatha or whoever, probably Agatha. And what she was studying, it was probably taken by her back in that beginning scene when they're like, you studied something you shouldn't have studied. Did they specifically um, say that in Dr. Strange or, or is that just a no, quick shot that it was not there? It's in the background that there's a book missing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a it's like the first scene he goes to the he goes to the library and there's a book missing. And mm-hmm. and I first saw some people say, Oh, that book belonged to Caecilius, but no, Caecilius just ripped out a page of a book. He didn't steal a whole book. So there definitely was a book missing. That's the purple eyes guy. Yes. That's purple eyes. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> Full circle. I, <laughs> Caecilius, yes, is purple eyes guys. So the dark hold was actually um a compilation it was kind of like a for lack of a better term for not to offend anybody but it was kind of like a bible put together by somebody else um so the dark holds uh was created by chaos magic and details Hmm. prophecies about the nexus scarlet witch and it was in the comics it was put together into a book form by none other than morgana lafay of the merlin knights of the round 
mm. thing, which we are getting the Black Knight in the Eternals. So here we're connecting a lot of things. So are they going to show us the origins of the Black Knight? Because Kit Harrington is playing a descendant of the original Black Knight. Who? When does that movie come out? This year, uh, right? November, I believe, of this year. Yeah. All right, Jon Snow back in action. Dude, yeah, Snow, yeah. <laughs> so Jon Snow will be back. Kit Harrington is a descendant of the Black Knight, and so you might see Merlin, <laughs> which is uh, who Merlin, who comes from a different dimension in the comics but he was the sorcerer supreme of his own dimension and now he exists outside all in outside in something called the outer world but merlin could be involved you have morgana lefay you have the arthurian legends kind of getting involved here um so there could be an eternals connection with the dark hold in addition to a doctor strange connection you also have thor love and thunder because the dark hold was create was originally written the pages of it was written were written by i never pronounced this dude's name it's uh, Chuthu, C-H-T-H-U. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, the God I don't of know K- if that's right. but <laughs> It sounds right. It sounds right. Um, I obviously... The tentacle. The tentacle. Yes. Lovecraftian. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lovecraft guy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and who's in the Marvel Universe is God of Chaos. And so Thor, Love, and Thunder, you have Christian Bale's character, Gore the God Butcher who blames the gods for not caring about their people enough uh, mm-hmm. in the comic and goes and tries to kill every god. And with Jane Foster coming in from another dimension, uh, possibly carrying Mjolnir, um, you have a lot of areas in here where there could be dark hold connections throughout because you have a god who created this ultimate dark magic. You have a guy who blames the gods for everything, trying to kill them. Um, you have... Okay. Arthurian Morgana Le Fay connection for the Eternals. Um, so this is where I see the Darkhold can kind of connect to everything. Possibly. So, so before we go on, I think we just have to make the reference that so Jon Snow being a descendant of the Black Knight is once again taking on the Black, right? Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do in the Eternals movie with him. I, I, I know that they're going to make him some sort of like archaeologist that discovers his genealogy. And I do know that the Black Knight. Is, is that going to be Sam? Wait, what's Sam's character? <laughs> what's Sam's actor's name? <laughs> He's in the library, finds out that. Yeah. Finds John's genealogy or finds Harrington's <laughs> yeah. genealogy. If the Black Knight gets sent to a wall at some point or has a. <laughs> A, a red-headed thing going on with, I mean, to, to avoid too many spoilers for Game of Thrones, but um, yeah, okay. A lot of a lot of crossover here. We're expecting that. Man, this is yeah. making me excited for, like genuinely excited for Marvel again. Also acting against Dinesh. That's going to be great. I know. Yeah, he's in, he's in internals. Same with uh, Angelina Jolie, right? That has like a ton of big name people in there. Yeah. Dinesh, Dinesh from Silicon Valley, right, Josh? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah yeah so it has all these people you're talking about <laughs> and yeah. it, it's, got a, it's got a huge cast it's got um salma hayek is in it um there's somebody else from game of thrones in it too i can't remember but uh yeah i think there is anyway maybe not but yeah so the eternals is gonna have a, a lot of that going on um and i know the black knight you know he's 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 immortal while he holds the blade but everybody he kills hurts him so so the, it's it's like a double-edged sword. Mm. Ah, ha ha ha. <laughs> Got some like, oh, nice. high, like Highlander it. vibes to that. 
Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, except, yeah, there can only be one also. There's only yeah. one Black Knight, one, one yeah. holder of the sword. So Spider-Man... No, what is it? No, no, no way home. home. No way, no home. way yeah. home. So, so that one's also supposed to be related to Doctor Strange. It has Doctor Strange in it. So far, reported that he's going to be a, a sort of a mentor stepping in for Tony Stark to okay. Peter Parker. Um, as far as whether or not there's actual interdimensional play with Spider-Man, uh, it's everyone's fan theory, which right now just might be trolling. That'd be <sighs> that'd be the man the worst troll. Like. That's that's something that I actually know about, and so if they're trolling me this time, that's unforgivable. <laughs> I don't care if you guys were trolled because I didn't follow that stuff. But if they're trolling me, that's that's a problem. <laughs> I, I think it's unforgivable because like that's getting people. I don't know. That's like such a hopeful thing just to throw it out and then yank it from you. <laughs> if there is intentional trolling there, I'd be. So, I just really want to see Toby back back as Spider Man in some yeah. regard. You just want to see Bully, Bully McGuire. Bully McGuire, yeah. <laughs> Love those. Maybe, maybe when you fix the darn door. No, I'm going <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the, there, there's definitely some connective tissue in there. There's another direction. I don't know how many people caught on this one, but there's another direction, another... Uh, so there, there's only two things from this show that I think are the dark hole being one that I think are going to be affecting the MCU for movies and shows to come. I think we may see this next connection as soon as Falcon and winter soldier. And that is a very subtle change that was not highlighted, uh, but for a few lines. Um, and that was the W in sword was changed. The comics it's sentient world sentient and world observation and reconnaissance department is what it was in the comics in the show it's sentient weapon observation so we're not talking about worlds we're not talking about galaxies we're talking about any type of sentient being who has power we're talking the real civil war storyline from the comics we're talking um and taylor tyler hayward's character Mm. um who clearly hated superpowered beings clearly and his whole crew looked like they were on board with him like to where, he would, Woo. to where he would shoot two kids because of how much he hated exactly he was willing to unload a clip into two children because they had powers and he saw them as the future of superpower beings and then you have baron zemo and these falcon and winter soldier uh promos saying there are too many superheroes so we clearly have the government working against superpowered beings unless they can control them hence vision and the new captain america u.s agent Hmm. um i think we're going to see the on earth portion of the mcu be very much morphing into like the way you normally see the x-men universe we're like we got to put these guys in camps we can't trust them what kind of laws can we put against them because that little subtle change of that W, I think, is really telling of where the world is at as far as post-blip, post-snap, um, hmm. how people feel about these Avengers and superpowered beings. Nice. I've, I've been wondering, I mean, ever since the Thanos thing was wrapped up, the big question in my mind was, I, I like Marvel. I definitely want to watch the movies and, and the shows and everything for sure going to consume all that stuff. But I never, I, I had no idea where it was going. Because the Thanos thing was so big for so many years, and I'm excited about the possibilities here now that I, 
Now that uh, Doug has informed me about uh, what I should actually look for. <laughs> yeah, there, there could be a lot coming up here. You know, definitely going to get Thunderbolts, which uh, which is probably Baron Zemo's going to head up a team of villains uh, working for the government on like a Suicide Squad type thing from DC. You know, it's like mm. doing wet work for the government that the government doesn't want to claim. Uh, and that may include Zemo's ultimate option, killing off superpowered beings and, or at least arresting them. Cause that clearly is where uh, the general was at. I just lost his name right now. Uh, Tyler Hayward. Or something. No, not, not Hayward. The guy from who oh, started Thunder. in the Hulk Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to get his team, the Thunderbolts together and he's going to hunt down some of these people that he just knows he can't work with. So um, I have a few questions about sword being super different. I mean, Nick Fury is obviously like, invested in sword but did they just kind of get him like do you think it's all of sword is going to turn into this even with nick fury being involved or do you think it's just like there's going to be some aspects of sword that is that are going to go off and do this what do, hmm. what do you think i think i think nick i think nick fury's role is separated from the from sword on earth he's working okay. with a bunch of scrolls up in space right um and Tyler, the Tyler Haywood character was was kind of being touted as like the director of Sword on Earth, and so I, I kind of think like it maybe that that thing up in space might not be Sword, or if it is, and it is all one unit, we're not infiltrated by Hydra, we're infiltrated, we have Sword infiltrated by idealists and different, yeah, kind of like home like homegrown terrorists or whatever, almost exactly. That'd be cool. Uh, speaking of the space stuff, like what do you think about? Like, what's Monica Rambo's future? Like, what's her next plot line? Um, her next plot line is Captain Marvel too. There's some there's some bad blood between her and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, or, and I'm not sure which comes out first. I don't know if release dates have been officially attached to these. Um, but she's definitely going to be in Nick Fury's show, Secret Invasion, because that has to be the mission that that scroll agent called her up to. Yeah. Um, and I think that the MCU is going to flip the script on it where in the comics, the scrolls were the ones secretly invading because they could shapeshift. Whereas now I think you might see a character like Tyler Hayward is actually a Kree soldier because the Krees look pink Kree as they call them look just like humans, but they're mm -hmm. super strong. So they could easily, they could just as easily be in secret invaders into the government, into sword, mm -hmm. into all this stuff. Cause yeah. they, that might be why Nick Fury is working with only scrolls because he doesn't know what humans down on earth he can trust. Mm. Yeah. So what, what do you think the bad blood between Monica and Captain Marvel is? Is it just that, Oh, her mom died of radiation, right? Probably from Captain Marvel or her mom definitely died of cancer. That was sad. Was that, and was that, but that I could have been caused by the radiation from yeah, yeah, that's Captain the Marvel. I was but to I, that would be that would be a bad character moment for her because she, like. one who, she was one who encouraged her mother to go along with Captain Marvel, so she yeah. has to feel guilty about herself. I yeah. think she's more upset because Captain Marvel was just not around when like, Thanos first came. I don't, or I don't even think until she, the end of Thanos. I don't think. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the fact that like Captain Marvel was her mom's best friend, disappeared because she lost her memory was was brainwashed by the creed came back got her memory back and then disappeared and then chose to disappear i yeah. think that's the bad blood like because she never came back yeah she left and mom and and mom died without captain marvel around without uh 
Carol Danvers. And her mom was in the comics, the original Captain Marvel, right? Monica was the original Captain Marvel. Oh, Monica was. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. her mom was. Mm. So real quick, I while we're kind of on this character, I do want to put out one critique of the show because I think we all liked it. But um, there was some clunkiness with, I think, dealing with the sword aspect of this. Like um, kind of the tone always didn't fit with each episode. You did get, you know, you change the aspect ratios to now know, okay, this is like outside of the hex and, and this is dealing with the sword. But I, I feel like that was when it kind of, came into like okay this could be kind of like a shield episode like an agents of shield there's lots of like hand wavy like i love agent woo as a character or is that his name jim halpert yeah jim halpert (laughs) i love i love him as a character but there's so many moments with him where it's like oh yeah i'll easily just have a like a hairpin or whatever same thing with like darcy it was just there are so many things that they were just like we don't want to take the time to really tell the story so we're just going to have mm. things happen like hand wavy plot stuff yeah. but they Darcy have in general that. like what did what what purpose did she serve well her she, she decoded was, the message first yeah. of all she, yeah, her but, expertise I mean, and her doctorate was like what they needed to decode the message to get to get yeah. the radiation but um yeah i think i don't know you guess kind of are you kind of inferring that there's like a deus ex machina about them like like just, jimmy yeah. would just not, not, not so much. It was just like it, it switched, like, like Josh was saying, tone wise, where inside the more Wanda focused stuff was more meticulous in the plotting and like all these like intricate, I don't know, like little, little going hints on, and yeah. little hints. Yeah. Whereas, and then when you're outside, it's like, oh, of course he can just pick his handcuffs and no one would notice, even though he's like, can, like surrounded just, by. We'll just leave this guy soldiers. alone in a haystack and. Yeah, and he can easily, easily steal a phone, and yeah. That's what I call like. Um, that's what I kind of call a suspension of del- disbelief moments. You you have to have them to make a story to to move stories quickly as they wanted to. Yeah, but it was a lot higher for those segments than it was for other aspects of yeah. the show. I I, I just yeah. feel like I, I don't know what they could have done differently. I don't because I, I I appreciated the shorter run times of the episodes most of the time. Like I think that that provided you know a quick kept the pace quick and kept you interested and wanting more so i don't know if it's like give more minutes and it was just it was like comic relief too yeah like to kind of like just like switch back away from like this more heavy conflict so it's it sounded like like honestly the big the question is like why did he end up back with them he was gone he had escaped he was with those other units that were friendly like it sounds like he it looked to me like he want like he went back to them and right. he planned out something to get caught. I, I can, I mean, I can see all that. And nah. I, I just, well, I, I don't know. Like, I think you can nah. tell a story in which everything <laughs> makes sense, but they didn't tell that story. They just had things happen yeah. and just like hmm. kind of, you just didn't, I, I was never invested in that storyline. I was never like, oh, I'll tune in next week to see what Darcy is going to do. You know what I mean? Like she, I liked her character that she, uh, I guess, like, I think it was, I liked her like a six out of 10, maybe I wasn't upset that she was there, but I was never like, I'm going to watch the next episode of WandaVision ah. for these characters. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it, Josh. The, the thing driving interest for the show for most people was how is this connected? What's going on with the hex? What's, what's going to happen with Wanda? And then sword was just kind of a thing on the side that was moving everything else along. I did appreciate the Ant-Man 2 callback. The yes. flourish when he <laughs> yeah that was cool 
for what it's for what it's worth, I hope Jimmy Woo is the new Coulson of the MCU. I hope he shows yeah. up in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like I really like I like him as an actor and I like him as a character as well. Yeah. So I, I mean I don't hate that stuff and like I think it, it would be cool if like him and like I, I like Darcy too. I think she has like a certain charm. And I think that she was used much better here than she was in the in Thor. Yeah, for sure. So I, I didn't hate it. Like it's not like it was terrible. It was just like it was the weaker part of the it show. It was just a weaker part of the show. Yeah. Like if the whole show would have been like that, then no, then nobody would have really liked it all that much i think i mean people have liked it but it would have been something like mm. shield where it's like okay yeah you're gonna tune if tune in if you're a major marvel fan especially for the first few, few seasons of shield but then after that you're just kind of like it's not that good you know yeah that's yeah. a good analogy yeah nice okay any any other uh last bits of marvel lore that we need to know or um uh, let me check my notes what i wrote down <laughs> uh, I, like, I got the, the first four oh, things i got it all down here well one cool <laughs> one cool thing while you're looking through that one cool thing that's um i really like about marvel and just the fact that they've gotten so big they have the ability to do this is like darcy's character she was in was she just in the first thor or maybe the second thor too like she's had like these small roles from forever ago you haven't really thought about her but then yeah. they can bring her in here and she's like a main a, a more main character a bigger focus and i like how they they have all these this like huge cast that they like if they have a role to fill instead of just coming up with a new character they can pull yeah. a side character the, their internal her. wiki must be like crazy yeah brandon sanderson-esque maybe not that crazy <laughs> but pretty crazy yeah yeah well i do know a story when they uh were when they were making infinity war and endgame when they were writing that Mar- uh, christopher marcus uh, or Marcus and McFeely, whatever the, I can't remember the first names. When they were writing it, they had like every character on a post-it note, like every, in, in a whole room. It was just a blank room with a door and four blank walls. And they just pinned every character that was in play. And so it's one of those things where like, if there was a minorest of minor characters, even in like the Incredible Hulk movie, it was, he, that person would pinned up there. Like, yep, yeah, there's this person like, like Hulk's first love interest, Thunderbolt Ross's daughter, She's up here. They got to bring, I know that's like, there's some like universal drama there, right? In order to do that, but. Have a solo Thor. Or, uh, yeah. Well, not with, not with the characters, just with the distribution. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause universal had distribution rights, which is why you don't see it on Disney plus mm. the, the, Thor, the Hulk movie. The, the original Hulk movie. Yeah. And they can't, and they can't make another movie. They can't make another, they can't put Hulk in his own movie unless universal distributes it. Yeah, I, I thought all. Yeah, I thought that they could have him in Avengers movies because they own the rights mm-hmm. to him as an Avengers character. A, it just can't be a Hulk, Hulk movie. It can't be a solo, incredible Hulk movie. They can they can put him in She Hulk, but they can't make his own movie unless Universal locates it. And they put him in Thor three. Like that was basically a Hulk and Thor. Yes, movie. that was that was uh, World War. That was uh, not World War Hulk. It was uh, Planet Planet Hulk. Yeah, but. <laughs> I wish they could do more there, but yeah, that's cool. They just have so many characters. They have all these assets they can kind of pull from to, to fit this because they have gotten so big that they don't really need to just create a new one. And even if like, like even if Darcy's character doesn't do anything for like another five years, just the fact that it's like, Oh, Hey, we know her for Mm -hmm. this, like these eight or nine episodes. Like that's a cool, it makes the fans feel um, like more involved in the storylines yeah I'm, I'm with you jake that's a big appeal for me just for whatever reason these interconnected 
yeah. plot lines seem to appeal to me and a lot of other people as well. And obviously I'm not into it enough to pick up on all of the Easter eggs that mega fans are picking up on, but uh, I appreciate the fact that they're out there. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty is you don't need them, right? So that, that was the wide appeal part, right? That's why my mom enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You don't need to pick up on all this stuff to enjoy it. And I think Marvel does a good job jumping genres, you know, doing a heist film and then, and then doing a sitcom and then doing, you know, uh, a spy thriller in Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, it's coming up. So they do a good job jumping genres and keeping things fresh. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for coming on and uh, imparting, of your, imparting of your expertise. Yeah, hopefully we, can get, hopefully we can get you on more often, um, especially now that Marvel stuff will be coming out. You, yeah. you know, just as a general thing, I was feeling a little bit of like superhero burnout after Endgame. You know, For like sure. I, I was yeah. still I was still going to watch whatever they put out because I really like it, but I wasn't like feeling the excitement in my bones about it. But mm. after like a whole year with nothing, like I'm back fully yeah. super yeah. pumped for it. I, I was the same. I was like, okay, I'll watch the next Spider-Man movie. Like because yeah. I, 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 I love yeah. Spider-Man. Like I'll, I'll watch any Spider-Man no matter like what what it's connected <laughs> to. But now after watching WandaVision, I was like, oh no, now I'm excited to see like how everything's connected again. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like I said, like they do, I think they do a good job of avoiding the burnout by jumping those genres and doing different things. Right. That's how I stay involved. Cool. Well, we will definitely get you back on Doug, if your schedule permits for a, uh, for a winter soldier cap, the Falcon and winter soldier or winter yeah. soldier and the Falcon. Falcon yeah, and the winter soldier. Okay. Yep. Okay. By the time the show's <laughs> over, I think I'll have figured out what the title is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you like Phantology Books, you can find more at www.phantologybooks.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. Uh, we cover a little bit of Marvel stuff. Actually, I think this is our first Marvel episode. Josh and I covered uh, The Mandalorian season two when, when that nice. came out. Uh, so that, that was a fun time. So we're, we're you know into TV a little bit. We mostly do books though. So if you like fantasy books, uh, odds are that we have some episodes there. So uh, thank you again, Doug. This has been fantastic. And uh, all right, Marvel fans, we'll see you next time. See ya.